Works Microcast, business and mindset tips for music professionals. I'm Katie Beardsworth, founder of Polyphony Arts, and for today's business and mindset episode, I wanted to talk about the impact of the ongoing restrictions on amateur singing that continue to silence millions of voices all over the country. This has been in the press a lot, and in my circles I've heard some great thoughts on it from some great people. So rather than reinvent the wheel, I've invited my friend and colleague Tom Apperton, co-founder of the Come and Sing Company and director of music at Aldborough Music Club, to highlight for us all what amateur singers are missing at this time. Welcome, Tom. Hi. First, here's a message from our sponsor. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer with cover for all types of instruments and musical equipment, protecting you against accidental damage loss, theft and more. Every Allianz Music policy also includes free legal assistance and support so you can protect yourself both as a musician and in your personal life. Find out more at alliancemusic.co.uk. Allianz, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Okay, so let's talk about singing. Tom, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Katie. Uh, a pleasure to join you today, um, but I'm sorry that I have to. Uh, MPs' inboxes have been crammed full this last week or so with emails from disgruntled constituents who represent some of the 2.2 million people who belong to 40,000 amateur choirs in the UK. Step three of the government's roadmap out of lockdown is a fantastic moment for the country. Owing to the extraordinary efforts of the vaccination programme and also the many sacrifices people have made since we entered the national lockdown just after Christmas. Limits on the number of people attending weddings and funerals have been relaxed. Indoor theatres and cinemas have reopened. You can go inside a pub with your mates. You can go bowling, paintballing. You can go to soft play with the kids. You can go to Portugal for a well-deserved getaway. Or even if you want to watch the Champions League final. But... This week has also seen over 50,000 people sign a petition to the government regarding the Department of Culture, Media and Sports update to their performing arts guidance, and in particular, Section 2.4. Section 2.4 restricts amateur singers to a maximum of six people indoors, regardless of mitigations that they may have in place. Now, a lot of research has been done into choral singing versus COVID. Declan Costello and others carried out well-respected government-funded research last year into how COVID can be transmitted by singers. There's no getting away from it. The results showed that we need mitigations in place to carry out our activities safely. So last autumn, choirs all over the UK went about their business two metres apart, limited in number to the COVID-secure capacity of the venue, wearing masks with good ventilation, sheet music having been quarantined for 72 hours before the rehearsal, etc., etc. We were allowed to operate and boy, did we sing our hearts out. So as we approach stage three this May, we had been led to believe that those same mitigations would be in place and we could go back to what we loved. Venues were hired, sheet music was purchased, professional musicians booked to lead the rehearsals. Then, the day after the country unlocked, wham, in came the update from DCMS. What has happened since then has been a journey through shock, disbelief, anger, jealousy, a bit more anger, and then finally, unity. The choral world has been incredible. From pretty much a standing start, links have been made, 
voices have come together and questions have been raised in the House of Commons from politicians across the political divide. There is no new science that justifies this decision. There is no evidence that our activities last autumn caused spikes in, in the virus. There hasn't been a single word on this from Oliver Dowden since the day after the guidance was released when he said the government received advice from Public Health England that amateur choral singing is a particular danger. Really? To put that in context, an amateur singer in my hometown of Bury St Edmunds is currently able to get on a train and head west to Cambridge. At Cambridge, they change trains and take the direct train to London King's Cross. In London, they get onto the tube network, cross London and re-emerge at Victoria Station. Once there, they get onto another train and head for Gatwick Airport. Check-in, security, a quick pint, maybe a meal, departure lounge, and then onto a three-hour flight to Portugal. Have a lovely week sampling the delights of the Algarve and then make the return trip bronzed and refreshed. All the while, an amateur singer in Bury St Edmunds can't walk into St Edmundsbury Cathedral and sing a bit of Portuguese polyphony with more than five others. Apparently, that trip to Portugal is less risky than seven people singing in a cathedral. Now, obviously, I'm going to the extreme here to make my point, but it's parity that we're after. When others are opening up, playing their part in the economic and health and well-being recovery that this country so obviously needs, we're left on the subs bench as an unused water boy. But the real issue here is actually what this shows us about the thinking of the people doing the thinking. Those at Public Health England who made this recommendation have clearly said, okay, step three, uh, crack on with the plan, but can you put the brakes on somewhere? What about the 2.2 million amateur choral singers? Any chance you could just keep them in the locker room for a bit longer? It's not based on any new science, just a bit of a whim. Oh, sure, good plan, replied the DCMS and the government. I mean, it does sound quite sensible when taken out of context. The emergence of new variants is not to be gambled with. We need data on how these new strains work. Fine. But then don't let a choir of a thousand sing Mr. Brightside as Nathan Aspinall walks onto stage at a darts match in Milton Keynes. It's crackers. The government have chosen darts, not data. This leaves us in a place of real worry about where, what things might happen at stage four. Choirs are already adjusting their plans for this autumn and Christmas. They look set to take less risk. Who can blame them? They're booking smaller venues, smaller orchestras, fewer soloists, and taking less risky artistic decisions for the remainder of the year, all off the back of this decision made at step three. Be warned, Mr. Dowden, unless we can operate at capacity, just like that EasyJet flight, we're going to be coming and knocking for additional support in the form of a further top-up of the Cultural Recovery Fund and also an arts-specific extension to the SEIWS. You don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. We need your help, Mr. Dowden. Please, for the sake of the soloist, the second viola player just out of college, the venue, the music shop, the rehearsal accompanist, the member who has been shielding for much of the last year, the mum who has been homeschooling and wants to get a couple of hours a week of her back. And yes, the music director. Please, let us have our moment in the sun. Thank you so much, Tom. If you need help, you can find like-minded people at Polyphony Arts. For more free business and music mindset tips and thoughts, 
Subscribe to Music Works on any podcast platform and sign up to our mailing list on our website, www.polyphonyarts.com forward slash mailing dash list. And if you want to work with us, have a look at how we work with musicians and arts organisations on our website. Music Works is generously supported by Allianz Musical Insurance, the UK's number one musical instrument insurer, serving the music community since 1960, proud to be the insurer of choice for over 70,000 musicians. Find out more at alliansmusic.co.uk. Thank you for listening.